Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. Today is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. This is edition number seven of season eight as we continue looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith. This morning we come to paragraphs seven and eight. Let's pray together and we'll look at these two paragraphs this morning. Father, as we now turn to these matters that are given to us in this historic document as they relate for us in summary fashion that which your word does indeed teach us, we pray that we would learn from these things, that they would not only fill our minds, but they would fill our lives with a zeal of holiness and righteousness, and that we would walk in your ways. We pray that you'd forgive us and help us to serve you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we have now come to paragraphs number seven and eight. And paragraph seven is an important paragraph in the confession because it answers the question that most of us wrestle with at some point along the way in our Christian life. We know that the word of God is given to us as a light unto our path. And we read that, don't we, in Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We also see um, in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 that all scripture is Scripture is profitable, profitable for us, that we may be competent, equipped, ready for every good work and every good task. But then we also, we read that and we acknowledge quickly that that's a true statement. We believe those things. And then we read certain sections of the Word of God and we're just completely confused. We, we have no idea what's going on. We don't know why it's here. We don't know why God determined to give this to us. It's confusing. It's not easy to understand. And we wonder how this can be possibly be a help to me as a light to my path when I, don't, I have no concept of what I'm even reading or, underst- or what I'm supposed to even understand. Now, every one of us have experienced that in our times of Bible study. We, get, we scratch our heads, we're perplexed, we run, to the, we run to the bookcase, grab Matthew Henry, and maybe he'll tell me, or another commentary. And while those are good things to do in those cases, and I would recommend that as providing you're using reliable sources. Just don't read anybody out there. A lot of people out there, they don't know what they're talking about when it comes to the Bible. If you're not sure, ask your pastor. He, if, if he cares about your soul, he's going to give you sound guidance as to what kind of commentaries to use. And as you study the Word of God, not all of them are worth anything. Um, but many are. And so you do that. But I would encourage you first, before you do that, to work through it. Seek by cross-references and other matters to understand these things. But the paragraph acknowledges this, this issue. It's very realistic in its approach to the Bible. It understands that we wrestle with these things. Listen to what it says. This is paragraph 7. All things in Scripture are not alike plain in themselves, nor alike clear unto all. Now you read that and you go, I totally agree. I get that. I read uh, the first nine chapters of First Chronicles and I think to myself, why am I reading this? Why is this here? What does this do for me? I don't understand what its need is. Why, how is this a light to my path? But it goes on, of course, and it says, Yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation are so clearly propounded and opened in some place of Scripture or other that not only the learned but the unlearned in a due use of the ordinary means may attain unto a sufficient understanding of them. Now, the due use of the ordinary means in order to understand the things that are very plain in the Bible. Let me give you an example. How many different ways are there to get to heaven? 
How many different ways are there to be right with God? Now the world's going to tell you there's you know eight billion ways you know whatever works for you as long as you're sincere you know pick something and 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 do it well they would say but the Bible makes it very clear doesn't it that there's only one way I am the way the truth and the life no man comes to the Father but by me John fourteen six most of us know that verse that's very plain isn't it it doesn't take a lot of understanding to understand that Jesus just made a universal statement I am the only way that's it there is no other way. John chapter 3, how can a man see the kingdom of heaven? He must be born again. Again, not difficult to understand. And there are other things within Scripture that are just like that, but some things are more difficult. And the means, of course, by which we come to an understanding of these things that are plain is by simply reading the Bible. Reading the Bible, thinking, and allowing the Spirit of God to illumine our minds and our hearts to these matters. Well, paragraph 8 then moves to a a, a different subject. It changes gears and it wants to uh, highlight for us that the Old Testament in Hebrew, which was the native language of the people of God of old, and the New Testament in Greek, which at the time of the writing of it was most generally known to the nations, being immediately inspired by God and by His singular care and providence, kept pure in all ages, are therefore, therefore authentical, so as in all controversies of religion, the church is fondly to appeal unto them. Now, What we have here, of course, is the necessity of understanding the biblical languages of Greek and Hebrew. This is one of the reasons why it's important for ministers of the gospel to have studied these things, to know the original languages so well that they can deal with difficult theological matters and they can read the word in its original autograph. And so when I went to seminary, I had many years of Greek, I had many years of Hebrew, and and, and why? So that I can work out of the original languages as I prepare to preach God's word. But, it goes on to say, how many of you watching this video know Greek, know Hebrew? Probably not too many. Now, the paragraph helps you with this. But because these original tongues are not known to all the people of God who have a right unto and an interest in the Scriptures and are commanded in the fear of God to read and search them, imagine if the Bible was only in Greek and Hebrew. You'd have to learn Greek and Hebrew before you could read the Bible. But no, in God's providence, he determined to have it interpreted, I'm sorry, have it translated into your own language. And so, here it is. To read and search them, therefore they are to be translated into the vulgar language of every nation unto which they come. That the word of God dwelling plentifully in all, they may worship him in an acceptable manner, and through patience and comfort of the scriptures, may have hope. And so the word of God is given to us in our language that we might take advantage of it, that the word of Christ might dwell in us richly with all wisdom, teaching, and modesting one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Colossians chapter 3. We are thankful that the word of God is translated into our language, that we might benefit from the scriptures. But it's important to realize that in cases of theological controversy or doctrinal matters, in those discussions we should appeal to the writings that were given originally, the writings of, the, of Hebrew and the Old Testament, some Aramaic in there, and the New Testament written in Greek. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Wednesday edition, when we continue looking at the opening chapter, we'll look at paragraphs 9 and 10. And we'll wrap up Westminster Confession of Faith, the first chapter. Until then, God bless.